It's fair to say that Bell Boyd had a way with men. Given a choice between common sense and her version of things, men almost always leaned toward her version. Case in point, the 4th of July, 1861. The Civil War was just a few months old. Boyd's father was off fighting while Boyd and her mother remained in their home of Martinsburg, Virginia. Then on July 3rd, Union soldiers arrived, occupying the small Shenandoah Valley town. On the 4th, a few of those soldiers set about replacing any of the town's Confederate flags with the stars and stripes. Young Miss Boyd, then just 17, was aghast. When they reached her home, she confronted the bluecoats. She stepped forward and said, Men, every member of my household will die before that flag shall be raised over us. According to Boyd's later recollection, one of the soldiers addressed her and her mother in language as offensive as it is possible to conceive. Miss Boyd promptly responded as only she could. She drew a pistol and killed the man. Naturally, the soldier's commander was outraged. He immediately convened an investigation into the shooting. He examined the witnesses and inquired into all the circumstances with strict impartiality, Boyd later wrote, and finally said, and here one imagines Boyd pausing, lifting her pen from the page and savoring the moment, that I had done perfectly right. I'm Brendan Wolf. Managing Editor of Encyclopedia Virginia at Virginia Foundation for the Humanities. On this episode of Not Even Past, we'll meet Belle Boyd, one of the most famous spies of the Civil War. And as you might imagine, she'd been a strong-willed child. One story involved a dinner party her parents had forbade her from attending because she was too young. Belle refused to accept their decision, instead riding into the dining room on horseback. Well, my horse is old enough, isn't he? She declared. There was something charming about such recklessness. Although it's true, that Union soldier, lying dead on the 4th of July, 1861, might not have thought so. Either way, Boyd always managed to escape the consequences of her actions. And that only emboldened her. Union officials soon began monitoring her movements so she used conversations with her minders to gather up detailed information on their movements. She then mailed that intelligence to Confederate commanders. After one such letter was intercepted, Boyd evaded punishment by feigning ignorance. Who, me? She said, even as she wooed her captors. One Union soldier with whom she crossed paths was an Irishman. I am indebted to him for some very remarkable effusions, she wrote some withered flowers, and last not least for a great deal of very important information, which was carefully transmitted to my countrymen. Belle Boyd was nothing if not practical. She took what she had and put it toward the cause. Still, there always was that flash of ego. I must avow the flowers and the poetry were comparatively useless in my eyes, she wrote in reference to the Irishman. But let him be consoled. These were days of war, not of love. And there are still other ladies in the world besides the rebel spy. The best spies, of course, are allergic to attention. They blend in and, when necessary, retreat into the shadows. Bell Boyd found that difficult to do. She herself tells the story of boldly riding into a Union camp pretending to have been separated from her friends. 
I beg your pardon, she told one of the blue coats. My horse ran away with me and has carried me within your lines. I'm your captive, but I beg you will permit me to return. The men oohed and awed at the sudden appearance of a lady. They commented on her beauty and gallantly offered to escort her back into the company of her friends. I had scarcely hoped, she replied, for such an honor. I thought you would have given me a pass, but since you are so kind as to offer your services in person. Off they went then, right into the ambush she'd arranged. Her friends, it seems, were Confederate cavalrymen. Her Union escorts, now prisoners of war, shot bewildered looks at their captors. Who, pray tell, is the lady, they asked. Bell Boyd at your service, Boyd replied. Good God, the rebel spy. And so the sun shone brightly on Bell Boyd. In the years that followed, Boyd acted as a courier between a number of Confederate commanders, and she credited herself with contributing to at least one victory in Stonewall Jackson's storied Valley campaign. The general rewarded her with an appointment as his honorary aide-de-camp. Her run-ins with the enemy occurred more frequently, however, and she spent time in various Union prisons. The famous spy found the famous part of her job to be easier and easier. The spy part, however, became well-nigh impossible. In 1864, Boyd volunteered to carry Confederate papers to England aboard the blockade runner Greyhound. The ship was stopped on May 10th, but Boyd managed to escape, first to Canada and then to London. Then, remarkably, on August 25th, she married Samuel W. Harding, a Union naval officer on the ship that had seized the Greyhound. In her memoir, Boyd recalls the two sitting alone on the USS Connecticut, the moon washing the sky with its light, and Lieutenant Harding quoting from Byron and Shakespeare. A very practical thought flitted through my brain, Boyd later wrote. If he felt all that he professed to feel for me, he might in future be useful to us. The waves quietly lapped against the ship, and the sky, she wrote, looked like one vast bed of sparkling diamonds. Perhaps Bell Boyd loved young Samuel Harding, perhaps not. Whatever the case, it's hard to know how marrying him could have been much help to the Confederate cause. It did help Belle Boyd, however. In reporting on her marriage, the Liverpool Post described her as heroic, romantic, a modern-day Joan of Arc. Not only had she won the enemy's amorous devotion, she had succeeded in prying him away from his allegiance to the United States flag. If anyone was the Csesh Cleopatra, it was Belle Boyd. Let all the world know. And all the world did know. That was the problem. The United States government quickly charged Lieutenant Harding with aiding and abetting an enemy spy. And when he returned home, Sand's wife, to answer those charges, he was arrested and jailed. Shortly after his release, he died. Or did he? The end of the Harding marriage and indeed the end of Harding himself are shrouded in mystery, one historian has noted. Boyd claimed that he never rejoined her abroad. But some have wondered. Perhaps he was just a lot better at being a spy than she was. In London, Boyd gave birth to a daughter. She wrote a two-volume memoir in order to pay the bills, and she turned to acting. 
It was a suitable profession for her, but it came with a certain irony. While touring the United States, she often found her identity questioned. Bellboyed imitators, it seems, were common. They wore both military dress and trains, perhaps in a nod to her gender-bending work. When a little anonymity might have helped her, Boyd couldn't help but seek out the spotlight. Now, when the spotlight awaited her, she had trouble convincing anyone she was the real deal. You see, bellboy doubters were pretty common, too. Until very recently, most historians dismissed her memoir as unreliable. A few scholars, and these were invariably men, even accused her of being ugly. In one particularly egregious example, a historian notes that she looked rather like one of those horses she rode so perfectly— a long face, a very long nose, and prominent teeth. If she had a fine figure, he writes, it was only because the reality was hidden under yards and yards of drapery that covered women in those days. What purpose does an ugly bellboy serve? Maybe it absolves all those men of having fallen under her spell, of having been transfixed by the siren of the Shenandoah. It reduces her success in espionage to witchcraft rather than the skillful manipulation of gender conventions. Belle Boyd, in other words, was nothing more than a witch, a master of the dark arts of deceit. Today's historians have concluded differently. More than one has pronounced her memoir largely accurate. It was the work, they tell us, of a spy who never much liked the cold. A spy who embellished, flattered, and flirted, who toyed with stereotypes of feminine weakness, who invented whole new and non-traditional identities for herself, but in the end could never quite lie. To learn more about Belle Boyd and one scholar's theory about where and with whom her first husband might have ended up, go to encyclopediavirginia.org.